Hello, I'm famous fictional holiday character Bob Cratchit. And I've been hired by the Bob Ross Company to kick off this episode of the Joy of Bob Ross. You're probably wondering, where's Scrooge? Well, the Bob Ross folks couldn't afford old Ebenezer. And hey, who better to introduce Bob than Bob? So here I am, Bob Cratchit, famous fictional holiday character, with a joyful rendition of an iconic holiday poem. T'was the night before Christmas, and all through the podcast, not a painter was stirring. Hmm, I think maybe Bob is. I get carried away sometime. The podcast was hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that new episodes soon would be there. The squirrels all nestled with their airpods on, listening to tales about Bob told by Ron. And up on the roof there arose such a clatter. Maybe there's a big old bell that lives right there. Gotta make those little noises or it didn't work. Bob, is that you? I just want to show you how to make a cloud. How many clouds you make or where you put them. Bob, I can't make clouds right now. I'm doing a podcast. But since you're here, why don't we unwrap this episode and see what's inside? Let's get crazy. You know me. I can't seem to get it open. Sometimes I give it a little... Mm. If you don't make that noise, it won't work. Mm. Wow! Amazing! Bob, look what's inside! It's a Bob Ross holiday special. You really don't have to worry about it. It, it just happens. And that truly is the joy of painting. The joy of painting, of painting, of painting, of painting. Randy Jack Ogren knows all about the joy of painting. He's a gifted artist. And in the 1970s, he brought his gifts to Walt Disney World. You can fly to a magic kingdom that's right outside your hotel window. To Walt Disney World in Florida. At Disney, RJ painted everything. Sets, props, murals in the theme park. He helped create the animatronic figures that populated classic Disney rides like Pirates of the Caribbean. The Country Bear Jamboree. Welcome to the one and only original Country Bear Jamboree. And my personal favorite, the Haunted Mansion. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Haunted Mansion. RJ's wife Suzanne worked at Disney too, as a monorail pilot. She would put on the costumes and portray characters who roamed the park, waiting to hug little kids and pose for camera-toting parents. But RJ and Suzanne didn't meet at Disney. They fell in love before that. They met while working on a high school play. RJ and Suzanne Ogren are actors, too. And RJ's the real deal. He received his training from a master thespian. Edith, you know what one casket said to the other casket? He said, was that you, Coffin? <laughs> Actor James Best, who's best known as Sheriff Roscoe Pete Coltrane on the CBS television series The Dukes of Hazard. Best had hired RJ to be the managing director of his theater in Longwood, Florida. And it was while working at the James Best Theater that on one fateful day, RJ Ogren had an unexpected visitor. And it was the middle of the day, and I stepped out of the office into the glass lobby, and the door opens, and in walks Bob Ross. All right, look at that. Turns out Bob isn't lost. He tells RJ he's interested in taking an acting class for a future project that's in the works. 
RJ shows Bob around the theater. They get to talking. Bob, it turned out, only lived about a mile from our house. It doesn't take long for Bob and RJ to become friends. You know, if I met Bob at your backyard barbecue, you know, was he the same guy I saw on TV? Bob was exactly like that. He was very soft-spoken. Put some happy little leaves here and there. You like him right away. And not only did Bob sign up for RJ's six-week acting class, the two did wind up having backyard barbecues. He'd invite us over to his house, and we'd sit on the back screen porch he had. And this one time, he had one of the baby squirrels, and it was running all over his shoulders and into his pocket of his shirt. And I asked him, I said, how do you find these squirrels, baby squirrels? He says, they just drop out of the trees. And I, I rescue him. I like, you have a very strange yard, because I've never seen baby squirrels. And it's after one of those grilling get-togethers that Bob takes RJ inside his house. Into... The Painting Room. Where countless canvases sit on the floor, leaning against the walls. Some are blank, but most contain mountains, trees, barns, and bushes. Water and leaves, paths and skies. It's the holy grail of Bob. Bob's an oil man. RJ works with acrylics. They're both artists with major cred and confidence in their craft. Was one method better than the other? So we had the idea that I'd bring my acrylics and stuff over to his house, and we would both do the same painting, see if we could do it in a half an hour. He did it in a half an hour, and I was still standing there with half a canvas that was blank. Bob and RJ don't just pal around with paint. They develop a professional working relationship, too. A mutual respect based on their constant desire to be creative. Bob invites RJ to the TV studio in Muncie, where he films The Joy of Painting. Let's do something easy. He wants to see if RJ can do a landscape painting on camera using acrylics. The only rule is he has to do it in 30 minutes or less. Bob comes out of the sound booth to encourage RJ, gives the guy who gave him acting lessons a few on-camera pointers. The studio lights are on, the sound is rolling, and RJ Ogren is ready for his close-up. I got halfway through, and I see the guy over on the side put up five fingers. I'm thinking, is that five minutes? <laughs> and it was. And so I then started talking faster and painting faster, and I painted in the road and the grass and the flowers. I said, there, and you have grass flowers, and, and there you are, and it's done. And I put the brushes down real quick, and I could hear Bob through the sound booth laughing, and the guy that was beside me on the floor, he fell on the floor and started laughing. Bob came out and says, yeah, I don't think we'll be using that one. <laughs> so maybe RJ doesn't work fast, but he's super talented and Bob knows it. And so Bob hires RJ to animate cartoons to use during the opening and closing of The Joy of Painting. So I did the cartoon of Bob and I had a bird come in and flying in with him and also a squirrel. And he walks across, he's got a big bucket of paint and a real big paintbrush. And he gets over, he walks over to this big canvas, and then he takes the bucket of paint and just throws it at the canvas behind him. R.J. Ogren's animated Joy of Painting intro would run on the series for about a year. And Bob came to the production studio one time to sit and watch the progress, and he goes, oh my gosh, this is time consuming. I said, yeah, but it's fun. You know me, I get crazy. R.J. Ogren still paints. He still commissions a lot of his acrylic paintings to Disney. And he doesn't rush. 
He takes his time. He's an author, too. You could read more about his friendship with Bob in his book, Imagination and Dreams Are Forever. Find out more about him at rjogren.com. Just let your imagination take you to any world that you want to be in. Any world. On the joy of painting, Bob Ross gave us the tools we needed to make spectacular paintings. He told us what colors to use, what brushes to use, how to hold an almighty palette knife, and how to prep a canvas. But mostly, Bob Ross gave us permission to use our imaginations. What's so great about imagination? To me, it's the greatest thing that an artist owns is his imagination. Because without imagination, it's hard to, to envision things and to paint them. But there are other worlds of imagination that Bob Ross inhabits. Other places besides Peaceful Valley, Secluded Lake, and High Chateau. Let your imagination go. It's like any other part of your body. The more you use it, the better it becomes. In one of these worlds, we imagine using words alongside our colors. The alphabet is our paint. And we use a different kind of canvas. I was always around books. My parents made it very clear that books and reading were a really important thing and a valued thing. So we were always going to bookstores, and more importantly, we were always going to libraries. For kids who grew up in the 1980s, the library was where you went to discover new worlds. Rob Perlman was one of those kids, and so was I. And I owe my love of books to my mom. See, me, I don't like a Kindle. I want a book in my hand. I want to feel it. I want to smell the book. I don't put the TV on before bed. I open my book. I relax. I get my mind into my book. It lulls me to sleep, and I go to sleep. And when Mom wasn't nodding off into his thinking novel, she could often be found taking her kids to the library. We didn't have much money, <laughs> and it was a free program. Her name was Mrs. Arbus, was the name of the librarian, and she was an elderly lady that certainly looked like a librarian. How do you remember the name of the it librarian? It was a very specific experience for me as a parent. As you know, I love to read. So I was always a library fan. I still love to read. I taught reading. I, reading to me is, is life, pretty much. Just like sharing the joy of painting, my mother sharing the joy of reading had benefits. She would have a story hour, and she would uh, attach an activity to the story hour, be it a craft or a little written sum summary or something. And then you would get a free book. And there was a sticker inside and the book, And the book, book right? would be RIF, and you would have to put your name on. And it was, a, it was your possession, and you were proud of it. But it was just a great experience for children to open up your world. For Rob Perlman, it was all the same. The pre-internet golden age of reading. Comic books, picture books, classic tales, and colorful tomes. We bond over our love of Streganona, Shel Silverstein, Dr. Seuss, and Golden Books. Do you remember the back would have like a little list of other Golden Books? And yes, of course. The circle around it would be made up of all of the other characters from the other little Golden Books. <laughs> and I would look at them all like lined up and look at the differences. Like, oh, the saggy baggy elephant is looking here in this one, but he's looking over here in this one. <laughs> Rob Perlman has written over 60 books for grown-ups and kids. He's a New York Times best-selling author. And it all began thanks to his love of books. And an unexpected and somewhat bulky gift from his aunt. It was this gigantic brown electric typewriter that vibrated when you turned it on. And I remember putting my fingers on the keys, not knowing how to type at all, but thinking, oh, this is 
this is great. This is going to open up a whole world of possibilities. Soon Rob was clack, clack, clacking away at the keys and making stuff with help from his family. I remember writing like my first book about a talking blueberry, I think it was, and they helped me bind it so it looked like a real book. When kids become young teens, a class system is formed. On one side, the cool kids, the popular. On the other side, the rest of us. Well, let's get those nerds! 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 What are we waiting for? Junior high is never a pleasant experience. You know, when you're a a, a little kid with acne and a a big afro, it could be rough. Was that you? That was me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to show my bar mitzvah pictures at all, but it wasn't, it, it was rough. And every day after school, Rob would rush home from a hard day of being picked on to find relief. You know, I'd come home and Bob Ross would come on. And I would immediately be calmed down from the day and all of the stress and all of the service that I'd have to deal with. It just evaporated because Bob, his demeanor, his delivery, he was just kind and he was calm. There were no stresses in that studio. Very soft, quiet, little grassy places. So why didn't Rob pick up a brush instead of picking up a pen? I knew enough about my skills where I was better at painting pictures with words than I was painting pictures with paint. (laughs) Rob continues that pursuit through high school, then college. He gets a master's degree in publishing, then a job in the industry. All with one major goal in mind, to write his own books. And soon after that, it happens. (laughs) Take that, bullies. We talk a lot on this podcast about destiny and fate, how one thing leads to another. Rob's adult reunion with Bob Ross is no different. While working in publishing, Rob reads that Bob Ross is now a licensable property in the book world. And the person handling licensing rights just so happens to be an old colleague of Rob's. And I never do this. I never do this. I just picked up the phone (laughs) and I called and I was like, we've got to do this. We have to do this. And in your world, you can do anything that your heart desires. There are few things that pop up where I feel such an emotional reaction to. I knew Bob Ross was going to be universally beloved and and was universally beloved. You know, there are some things out there. There are some movies that only, you know, a a few people like or TV shows. You know, not everyone is going to like He-Man and Thundercats as much as you and I do. But Bob Ross just on, on a business level had a universality to it. And on a personal level, I felt such a connection. And so Bob Ross, a man who became so beloved through his relationship with television, was about to be immortalized in print. I signed up two books and a calendar program. I was being very bold and said, I have a picture book idea. Do you think you'd be interested in doing it? And the rest is history. That would be the first in a series of children's books about Bob. It was called Bob Ross and Peapod the Squirrel. We called him Peapod the Pocket Squirrel because he would live in your pocket forever. Other books followed. Bob Ross, Peapod, and the Happy Accident. My first book of nature. Our happy little friendship. Were all written and edited with Rob's singular vision about spreading the joy of Bob Ross. Bringing him to and introducing him to the next generation in a way that makes sense and is organic. The man who helped Rob relax during his junior high hardships had become an inspiration of illustration and a blessing as well. 
you know, I have to pinch myself every once in a while to remind myself this is actually happening. I really consider myself lucky that everybody involved in the brand trusted me enough with Bob to allow me to play a small part in his legacy. There's a reward for those who spread the joy of Bob Ross, a feeling of humility, of community, and gratitude. Seeing my name on the same cover with Bob Ross's name is mind-blowing. That my name could you know, be spoken in the same breath with someone who has just brought so much joy into people's lives, it freaks me out every once in a while. Rob's recipe for a Bob Ross book is simple. Take what was important to Bob, nature, positivity, painting, and put all that in a pot. Then if you're a writer, follow the golden rule. Write what you know. I am not the right person to write a technical manual on how to stretch a canvas. But if I'm talking about, you know, a cookbook, yeah, I can do that because I'm a home cook and I watch Bob Ross and I can see the connections between creativity in the kitchen and creativity on the artist's easel. And oh yeah, there is a Bob Ross cookbook. Rob whipped it up with an assist from someone special, his mom. And with a little help from Bob and Mama Perlman, you can experience the joy of cooking golden sunset shrimp scampi, whisper chicken. And then I thought it would just be a natural for every time we talk about broccoli to have them be happy little trees. Add a cup of happy little tree cheddar soup and you've had yourself an almighty meal. Because they got the best food and I like to eat. Then there's Bob Ross's happy little night before Christmas. Bob and Rob's take on Clement Clark Moore's classic holiday poem. On Van Dyke Brown and Blue's Thalo and Prussian. Those were the colors that he dipped his brush in. Rob gives us a sneak preview of his next Bob Ross picture book. It's called Bob Ross and Peapod the Squirrel Play a Game. And in this one, Bob enters his studio and realizes that Peapod isn't there and neither are any of his art supplies. But he finds a note from Peapod saying that he has hidden all of his art supplies in a bunch of Bob Ross paintings. A little rascal. So we go in and out of Bob Ross' little Peapod <laughs> scamp. Oh, Peapod. Uh-huh. You've done it again. <laughs> so we go through three Bob Ross paintings, and we find the different colored paint tubes and a palette and an easel. Once all of the art supplies are collected, then Bob and Peapod can paint their painting. If there's a Bob Ross universe, you know, like a Marvel universe, Rob Perlman and I are in it now. Spreading the joy of Bob Ross through words and imagination. Spreading it to artists of all types, to people of all ages, during the Christmas season and during every season. For being an artist is not just a job. It's something you are. It's someone like Bob. And though painters are special any time of the year, they're even more special right now, right here. If you don't believe me, try a painting yourself. Then hang it on a wall or set it on a shelf. And you'll know, you'll see, that you've the gift too. Bob knew that you can do it. And now you know, too. Find out more about Rob and all of his books at robperlman.com. That's Rob with two Bs. And if you're looking for something happy and little to stick in someone's stocking this holiday season, you can find Rob's Bob Ross books in bookstores and wherever happy little books are sold online. And whoa! The clock here at the library says it's time to close the book on this happy little episode. Shh. 
I want to thank my guests, R.J. Ogren, Marilyn Scalzo, hi mom, and Rob Perlman. And an almighty thanks to the man himself, Bob Ross. Bob, you want to borrow one of these books? Hurt your eyes if you're not careful. All right, suit yourself. Remember to support your local public television station and your local public library. And say thanks for giving us Bob Ross and the joy of painting. And the joy of painting books! We want to see your paintings. Use hashtag PaintLikeBobRoss. Bob Ross certified instructors, they're the only ones that know how to teach you Bob's world-famous painting method. Don't settle for second best. Find a local CRI at BobRoss.com and then click Take a Class. We're waiting to hear your own Bob Ross story. You can leave us a message at 866-FANBRUSH. Or send us an email at podcast at bobross.com. And follow All Things Bob Ross on Facebook at The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. I'm Ron Scalzo. The Joy of Bob Ross is produced by Lonely Weekend Productions in partnership with Bob Ross, Inc. Bob Ross name and images are registered trademarks of Bob Ross, Inc.